Welcome to Salam Nerds Podcast. We do recaps, reviews, and breakdowns of your favorite reality TV shows. Yo, 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 it's the Salam Nerds. My name is Steve, a.k.a. Watch me, my boy, Chad. Views expressed on this podcast are for entertainment and don't reflect our opinions about the cast outside of the personas presented on the show. Thank you to all our supporters. Like, comment, share, subscribe, and give us a good review. Yo, 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 salam, nerds. This is your boy, Neves, aka Watch with Neves, and I'm not home at the moment. I am on vacation. And uh, the setup's going to be a little bit weird, but uh, hopefully you guys can deal with it. Uh, but I'm here with my co-host, Jazz. Welcome, Jazz. What's up? Dude, it's been a day, and this episode was amazing. This this episode was, was truly amazing. Um, oh, man. I can't wait to get into it. But before we do, we got to welcome back our boy, Adome. Adome, welcome back. How are things been? You just came back from Japan, huh? Yeah, I was out there for two weeks. Had a really good time. Uh, sad that I missed the end of uh, Love Is Blind, but I heard my wife filled in very nice. So that was uh, yeah. nice to catch up on. Yeah, even though the season was terrible. Oh my god! I know. Oh. We, we, me and I, your I wife complained about. Yeah, I think I'm done with Love Is Blind. Yeah, I think I'm done. I think I'm done too, man. That was I so think, bad. I think we are, which is sad because Love Is Blind is one of our uh, highest rated shows on on our podcast. Um, I think it's the second most highest rated thing we've done. But we're kind of over it, man. We're kind of over it. There's legality I, issues, I, and then there's like it's just it's just not it's just not hitting the same. So we're kind of over it. I'm in the same spot, but happy to happy talk to Loki talk now because we're let's go. Oh my goodness, go! I'm on the floor right now, so I'm like really like like roughing it with you guys, and like I have poor circulation. So if I like pass out please <laughs> keep the show going without me <laughs> i'm like time slip back to your spot then okay i know time slip <laughs> oh my god the time slip is amazing listen i knew this episode was gonna be good when i saw the intro because the whole intro was going backwards and even the music was set backward like natalie hope she cooked she cooked this episode with the sound the music everything um I loved it. Uh, what are your thoughts about the beginning? Um, either uh, Adam, what about you? Yeah, yeah I just I, I was going to mention the same thing about how uh, the, the classic Marvel crawl was done backwards. And when Christina and I were watching it, she didn't catch it at first. And I was like, we have to watch this again. Just watch. And like three seconds of by, and she was like, oh, wow, it's backwards. I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be different. So, no, I, I love the opening. And I love the fact that the previous episode, it kind of left us with – you know, a big cliffhanger, but you knew that there were bigger things coming, which I, I love I when love. they do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm the same way. I really, really, I, like, that episode got me hyped. I'm not going to lie. Episode two and three kind of lost me, and only because they really focused on Zaniac and Docs, and I didn't really care for their storyline. And when I look back at this whole series, I really don't think their storyline was needed. <laughs> it, it didn't really serve much of a purpose. And they probably would not have lost me if they took that whole thing out. Uh, but when it came to episode four, I was like back in. I was like, yes, 
this they're cooking again and then five is probably my favorite episode i think it came out so amazing and this was just a perfect conclusion to this entire series um what are your thoughts yo like the way they did this you know yeah i I think i can agree with you now episodes two and three this show would have been fine without them um i feel like they were just loose ends they opened up and they had to close somehow and so (laughs) sorry i just saw one of our commenters uh (laughs) our favorite (laughs) our favorite guy is now named dirty goat smuggler (laughs) he keeps changing his name i don't know why (laughs) uh but you know what (laughs) what up man (laughs) pasta chefs all right, all right. And then we got MTF in the comments saying Neves who remains. I am Our the Neves boy, who Brown remains. boy Brown Boy Wonder saying imagine time slipping while taking a dump like. <laughs> well, listen, I actually was wondering cuz we know what happens at the end and, and and Loki ends up on this throne, where does he take a shit? <laughs> That's the real question. Does he just he just drops it on the timeline somewhere? <laughs> yeah, right. Picks a branch and drops it off and then goes back to the business. Yeah. He probably drops it on Thor, and Thor is just like, where does this random shit keep coming from? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something he would do. Oh, man. So Loki realizes he has the power to basically redo stuff. He has control of time slipping. So he decides to go back in time and try to figure out what, he, what they did wrong. Because we see that he who remains or timely victor timely gets spaghettified and at this point i'm like holy shit man like i don't know how they're going to explain this like victor timely is so important like how did this happen um but loki's like all right how do we do this he's like we need more time so he keeps going back and back and back and trying to get more and more time and this reminded me a lot of like it gave me doctor who vibes like he was just going back and back and back until he could do it right um and it was just amazing, like, all the things that he would do to try to change it. And then at one point, he's like, all right, how long will it take me to l- learn all this stuff? And he's like, decades, centuries. And then they're like, centuries later. And I was like, oh, my God, Loki, the Poor dedication. Loki. He went from the god of mischief to the god of engineering. <laughs> I, I love that. Adon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was, you know, no. when Ouroboros well, said that to him, the centuries thing, I thought, I thought he was going to be like, eh, that's, that's too much, much but... but Total opposite. He's totally committed and he learned everything he needed to learn. And I thought it was kind of funny how um, Mobius was like, what are you doing? He thought he was being like a fraud almost, like just making shit up as he was going along. But Loki actually knew what he was talking about because he actually he actually done the homework, which is, I mean, we'll talk about this later on, but this is like a complete transformation of who Loki is as a character and a person. And I thought it was great how they took their time with him, no pun intended, to show us all of that. Yeah. That was totally intended. Don't lie. <laughs> it was it was yeah <laughs> I, I love the comment jazz i don't have my mouse with me but if you can highlight some of these comments uh i, th- I thought they were really really good uh mtf is like uh five and six be the best one two punch episode in the history of the mcu i believe it i believe it totally is true uh hashtag earth shit one shit what what does that mean i don't know uh if only thor could see loki now that's so true man look how far loki has come in fact, in many ways, he's more mature than uh, Thor and more heroic than Thor. Uh, he definitely has become a hero. Uh, someone said, give me Edge of Tomorrow vibes. It's definitely yes. Edge of Tomorrow vibes, for sure, for sure. Um, and then we got, yo, 
did this in the flash as well with the younger flash oh i didn't know they did this in the flash but yeah that makes sense i totally get that and someone said it reminds me of dr strange one where he's like dormammu i came here to bargain or loki's just like you know bargaining with himself um yeah these are some great comments thank you everybody in the chat right now these are really really great um all right so at this point loki's figuring out all this stuff and he's like learning and he finally gets it down he gets it down to a science he's just telling everybody what to do uh telling for the time to go in he's like hey by the way this thing will roll and he's like just on top of it and then everything ends up working exactly to plan they get it done and then not and then no it didn't help because basically you can't scale to infinity right so at this point they're like oh crap he did all of this for nothing, right? All those centuries of learning engineering, all those centuries of doing all that stuff, it was for nothing because nothing can happen. Uh, what were your thoughts about this? That made me really upset. I was like, oh, poor Loki. Could you imagine working for 400 years, like your sole purpose, only for it to not work? I know. Like, Ooh, that hurts. <laughs> that was that was crazy. Um. I, I totally agree. Adam, what about you? So I, this to me was kind of like, you have to remember that like this version of Loki in the show, this very defend. this is the Loki that was just yeah. caught Long after time. the Battle of New York Long in 2012 when he grabs his Tesseract. So like, you know, he and Thor obviously are on the outs. They haven't had Thor 2. They haven't had Ragnarok yet. So they haven't really had any reconciled brother time. So to see Loki struggling to make things right with all this, especially after he's seen where his life was supposed to pan out, I thought it was fantastic. And I was a little annoyed that, you know, they had Victor Timely tell us, you know, it's trying to divide by zero, you know, what we said about the Infinity thing. I was hoping Loki would be the one explaining that to him because Loki clearly knew more about this than he did at that point, but there were still some gems and wisdom that, you know, Victor could share with them. Yeah, I was upset with that too. Mainly because I feel like after 400 years of engineering, you should know you can't scale infinity. Like, come on, bruh. You should know that by now. Yeah, but also, like, when you have hope, sometimes you're, like, blind to to logic, right? Because that hope is so strong that you're kind of just, like, hyper-focused. And I feel like that's what happened with Logi, right? He was hyper-focused on one thing. So Aww. the idea that, like, it couldn't happen didn't occur to him because it was the most important thing to him, right, to save his friends. Okay, fair. Right, right, right. So he does this over and over again, and then he's like, this is not going to win. So he goes back, and he tries to stop Sylvie. And they fight, and he stops her, but every single time she ends up killing, uh, which I'm called He Who Remains. And she ends up killing him because he refuses to kill her. And I thought that was really, really amazing. Uh, What are your thoughts about his refusal to kill Sylvie. Okay. This one is also very interesting because there is no version of Sylvie that doesn't kill He Who Remains. And there is no version of Loki who kills Sylvie. Like, it's just not in the realm of possibilities, of the infinite possibilities that have happened, which is wild to me. Loki won't do it, man. And and Loki is supposed to be like this conniving person who's selfish and only looks out for himself, which in a way he's still looking out for himself. <laughs> Adon, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, so obviously, you know, when Loki looks at Sylvie, he sees himself in the mirror and pretty much every way aside from the fact that she happens to be a woman. But I think that, you know, that Bat, plus Bat, the fact Bat. that, you know, the conversation that he had with Kang after that, or with He Who Remains, I'm sorry, with He Who Remains after that, you know, I think it really showed that, oh, like, God. you know, Loki has come to a point where he has really stepped into a place where he's obviously much bigger than what he is himself. No. But he also yeah, knows no. things and no other character knows. Like, that scene or that part yeah. of it where, like, you know, Kang stopped no. and he was like, did you think I wasn't paying attention? And then Loki stops no. him back. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Like, Loki's going to be important for all this stuff going forward because he knows how to actually stop and mess with Kang, which we had not yeah, seen no. before. So, you know, I think it, it did show that Loki's, uh, you know, his humanity did show the fact that he couldn't kill Sylvie, but it also showed like he's a lot more powerful than he gives himself credit for. And I think he was leaning into that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got some I... really good comments. Um, you know, is Loki worthy now of Mjolnir? Oh. Um, I would actually argue yes. Maybe. Didn't didn't one of the Loki? one of the versions of Loki actually did have Mjolnir, right? In season one? I don't remember. Yeah, the black guy, the black Loki, he he had the hammer. Well, so he'd be the second one to be worthy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was episode five in season one. That's true. Yep, yep. And one guy was like, nah, he's not worthy. He's worthy of my heart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom Hiddleston definitely is. <laughs> uh, it's, re- it's really funny uh, because the fact that Loki knows how to time pause and you go back to episode five of season one where – he who remains kept teleporting. He actually was never teleporting. He was just time skipping. He was, I mean, he was just time pausing. That's like every time, like, you know, Sylvie tried to uh, kill him and he, like, like teleports. It was never teleportation. He was just time slipping. And now, like, that makes all, that makes sense now. Everything's starting to connect, yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> here's a question. Does that mean Loki's a better, or Sylvie's a better fighter than Loki? Because in no universe did he ever kill her. I, I mean, he refused to kill her. It's not like he didn't try to. I mean, it's not like he tried to kill her and couldn't do it. He just didn't have the heart in it to do it, right? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you can say he's a better fighter because he was never committed to actually yeah. finishing the fight. So I don't think you can ar- argue that point. I think if he was committed to killing her, he would have gone through with it, but he clearly was not. So I think if he wanted to, he, he would have. Yeah, and, and we kind of see that because he basically goes to talk to Sylvie and tries to get almost permission to kill her. And she's like, I'm not giving you permission to kill me. <laughs> Which I thought she was going to give him permission. I literally thought that was coming, and that felt a little tropey, but like I was like, okay, that's what's going to happen. She's going to say, like, okay, you can kill me, Loki, and then he goes and kills her. Um, but Sylvie, this selfish bitch, was like, no. <laughs> she was like, no. <laughs> you can't kill me. Figure something else out. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Adam, you can go first. Sure. So I thought it was interesting how, you know, I think every point this season, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think every time we saw Loki go visit Sylvie, she's either like at work at McDonald's or leaving McDonald's, which I thought was really interesting because it's kind of like, okay, my day's finished out. I'm getting ready to head home. Oh, God, here comes my other Loki variant. Come to bother me. Ask me some bullshit. They're trying to get permission to kill me. It's always, you know, same shit, different day type, type of thing there and yeah. so yeah i thought yeah, it was I'm interesting not. how she was just like no no i'm not giving you not. permission to kill me you got to figure something else out no, and not. i think he was really frustrated 
with the fact that I, he was expecting her to say yes yeah. you know it's for the greater good and she was just like, like no, no i'm selfish no, i want no. to live i want to live my way i want to have this life like go you know go do whatever you have to do but you know leave me out of it and she yeah. was kind of like that in the that episode no, the, the, in episode, episode five, five um before she came back and back, totally changed her mind she was in the same mood then yeah but the thing is, it's not just 100% selfish because it, it, the, part of it is, right? She's like, no, I'm not going to give you consent to kill me. But she also says this whole idea of one sacred timeline is also not good. She still holds true to her belief that the sacred timeline and this whole idea of that and killing all these people to hold on to this one timeline is also not correct. And people do need their free will. So, you know, it, it's not just that she didn't want the killing, but she also had some philosophical reasons behind it jazz what are your thoughts yeah um i don't know if i would 100 percent agree with sylvie here because like if everything ends up being destroyed is that really better than having free will which is a question loki asked and then they didn't exactly answer it they just kind of danced around it and i was like huh i don't know i don't well, know if that's a good answer or a good way to do it <laughs> Well, here's the thing, though. We find out here that the loom is actually a failsafe. It's basically always meant to destroy the other timelines and keep the sacred timeline uh, intact. So the fact that, you know, um, Loki doesn't, it isn't able to solve this, basically all the other timelines die and the sacred timeline still remains. So how is it any different than Kang actually being in charge again? Right. Yeah, and I think that's the issue I have with this. Uh, Sylvie didn't know that. Yeah, she didn't know that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> she yeah. did not know so that. So she still made that choice, like, and you know, knowing what she knows, and then at that point, you kind of see, like, okay, well, Sylvie is one of the. I can't call her a bad guy, but like, she's definitely not good. <laughs> yeah, if that makes sense. And it definitely seems like Loki has learned more along the way than than Sylvie has. I don't see a lot of growth from Sylvie from episode six of last season to episode six of this season, right? But from Loki, I see a whole lot of growth. Uh, Adon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the beauty of what they did with the character because the variant that we have come to love and know in the show from 2012, I think he's the only version of Loki, the only variant that actually has learned as he's gone along. I mean, if you remember when they were back with all the other Lokis in that um, that world where like the, the big monster was there, you know, a, well, lot a lot of the other ones, they were just kind of going about their about lives five, as it was. They well, weren't really trying to do anything other than just exist. But this this variant of Loki well, was trying to, as you said, that learn as he went along and then eventually change things with his relationship with Mobius well, yeah, and how he um, you know, dealt with you know, that, that and figuring out who the TVA was and all this other stuff. I mean, he's definitely tried to five. change and take information and, and grow from it, which I think is... A little, a little bit, bit you know, no, kind of anti to the core of who Loki is. I think that's why we got the transition that we got at the end of the episode. Yeah, and also I want to add on something to what you said. You, you said that he is the only Loki that learned. And even though we got to like the Loki from Thor Ragnarok, he still ended up stealing the Tesseract, which Thanos stole. So even till his death, he was still being the same old trickster Loki, right? So you're right. This is the only version of Loki that has truly learned and grown and has become this like, you know, uh, what should we call it? This character who is truly burdened with glorious purpose. Every single one of them have said that they are burdened with glorious purpose, but this is the only one who actually means it, right? And I, I think that's really, really incredible. 
Um, we got some people in the comments. MTF is like free will overall. Yep. Uh, he says it's about giving people choices and the chances to come from these choices. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I agree. Uh, but Loki wouldn't have gone down without Sylvie's insight. That is true. Uh, he wouldn't have grown without Sylvie's insight. That's true. Sylvie, for some reason, even though she, she's making all these selfish choices, she is helping him grow. And she's doing it without fridging herself, basically. <laughs> all true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in this situation, uh, we talk about how it's like dividing by zero is one of the things that they talked about, right? Um, and then Loki happens to see an equation in the background and he goes, I'm going to change this equation, uh, which is really interesting because mathematically um, it's how people treated uh, negative numbers in square roots. They decided there's no way to do the square root of negative numbers. So they just came up with the idea of imaginary numbers, uh, which is really cool. So it's kind of like symbolic of what Loki's doing. So I thought that was really, really interesting. So Loki decides he's going to go talk to, uh, you know, obviously he's going to talk to uh, uh, Sylvie, but he also goes to talk to Mobius. Now, this conversation with Mobius is probably my favorite scene in the entire, entire series where he's just, he just met Mobius technically, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to show me this. And he's like, how are you doing all this stuff? And then he asks him this question about how do you choose? How do you choose who dies and who doesn't and who gets pruned and who doesn't? And he tells them this story about this kid who's in the Baltics and he has a brother and he is a variant and he is going to kill a lot of people. And uh, Mobius couldn't do it. He couldn't bring himself to kill an eight-year-old kid. And all these things started going haywire and his partner stepped in and did it. His partner was Renslayer. Um, this was great background information. I thought the story was really, really cool. Um, there are some theories that that person from the Baltic they're talking about may actually be Dr. Doom or a variant of Dr. Doom, which I thought was super cool. That would be amazing. Um, but other than that, I thought it was a really great story to kind of just like rein Loki in. And then he says the line where like purpose is more burden than glory. And I was like, damn, I love that line. Like the way that came together, I thought it was amazing. I would love to get your thoughts on on that whole scene. Uh, Adom, you want to go first? Yeah. yeah. So I well, agree I, with you. The the whole oh, more burden oh, than purpose thing really really got me because yeah. we've heard like, variants of Loki say more, that in that. the past you know ten years or whatever that he's been a part of the MCU. And I thought that was a great way. But I think like, you know with the Mobius thing and their that, conversation at the beginning of the show when they nope. first met. I thought it really showed how, you know, Mobius has kind of been um, Loki's kind of moral compass, whether he wants to acknowledge it or not. And I thought this was an interesting moment to show, like, hey, Mobius has a lot of flaws. This is probably the biggest one. And he was willing to actually talk about it and come clean about it. Loki straight up asked him, like, so who was the other agent there? Why don't you tell me what happened with that? And I think Mobius said something to the effect of, like, you know, Everyone has a moment of hesitation, and you don't know what you're going to do about it. But Renslayer, no hesitation, all resolve. That's kind of what you need when you're part of the TVA, right? You kind of need somebody who's got the moral compass, and then you also need somebody who, you know, has no problem just going to do the work that has to be done no matter what it is. So I thought the conversation to me, I wish it would have happened maybe a little bit later in the episode, a little bit for it to bang more. But other than that, I I, I love that. I don't have any complaints about that scene. Yeah. Uh, Jan, I think what about the you? only problem, oh yeah, I think the only problem with happening later was that 
it's not the issue that it happened then. I think we just wanted more of the uh, conflict that Loki was going through. I feel like that was a bit rushed, but uh, the timing of that scene, yeah, it, it was it was good. It hit, and uh, yeah, my Mobius was just so good with it. And it's also really cool that Loki, you know, even after everything that's happening, he goes back to Mobius at that point in time before Mobius knew him. Yeah, because I think he did that intentionally only because he knows that he's had an influence on Mobius and he needs Mobius unfiltered before he met Loki because like Mobius probably would lie to Loki about, you know, because he's their friends now. Right. And so for him to go back to that instant, it was like, I don't need my friends bullshit. I need an actual answer here. So I thought it was really cool that Mm. they went back to the first moment they met. That is very cool. I, I, you're right. That's that's a great point. Um, and I, I, I do feel like it was a great character development because in this point he goes like, I, I need to know how to be the god I'm supposed to be. And it's really interesting because in the MCU, they're not really gods. It's just really a title they give themselves. But at the end of this episode, Loki literally is the god of stories. Like he literally becomes a god to the point where it's almost the same as Atlas, where Atlas has to hold the the globe for, for the entire world, or where Prometheus gave somebody fire and he had to be punished for the rest of his life for it. It almost felt like, you know, he had some kind of like godlike uh punishment at the end or burden basically. I thought that was really, really interesting. Uh we got some comments here. Uh plus Mobius is the one who saw the heroism in Loki way back then. That is true. Yep, very true. Any more comments? What do we got? Um, they jump back to the pilot episode in that scene, and both of those episodes have the same name, Glorious Purpose. Yes, you're right. They're both called Glorious Purpose. It's like a whole circle moment, which I thought was really cool. Also, one thing I really think is funny, when um, uh, He Who Remains was talking with Loki, He Who Remains was... Jonathan Majors was doing such a great job. Like He was making fun of Victor Timely. He was like, how is he doing? Uh, 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 like doing the stuttering. He's mocking him. And then he's like, oh, you got the set list. And I thought like it's just really, really good banter back and forth between them, which I thought was also really funny. I thought my uh, favorite part of that, no, that was actually no, my favorite fine. scene in the whole episode. My favorite part of that scene is where he starts no, talking no, slow and well, he's like, you figured out how, how to pause time. Smiled. I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. I was really messing with him. <laughs> like, I, I, I thought that was just great. Oh man, that was funny. Uh, Jazz, what are your thoughts? Yo, that whole sequence with him talking with He Who Remains was fantastic, and like, you really see now just how powerful he is. Like, obviously, Sylvie was never gonna kill him, and if she did, he knew exactly what to do to end up back in the exact same place. You know, I thought he was just kind of bullshitting at first yeah. and that there would be a whole war and all this, but no, he knew exactly what was going to happen the entire time. And I'm just like, Oh God damn, this motherfucker is so smart. Yeah. He planned the whole thing, the whole time slipping everything. He knew he was going to come right back to this spot, which I thought was pretty crazy. What are your thoughts? of? Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts about uh, he who remains whole plan? I don't, so, I mean, it's on, on a bigger note first. So I actually was really struck by just in this whole episode, there wasn't really any like classic MCU action per se. It was literally just conversations with, with like either two or three characters. And it really, you know, hung on the relationships and, and, and the tension that they have with that. And so I think that really played into the fact that, yeah. you know, we you know, saw, saw he remains at the end yeah, of season so one and one. we're getting this kind of 
full circle moment with him again and his entire plan. I mean, it's one, it's genius, but two, you know, I kind of have to wonder a little bit, like, did he know that Loki was going to actually like be able to kind of go back and forth with him like that? Because he told him like, Oh, you thought I wasn't paying attention. I was listening. But then when Loki pauses time, like, was he surprised or was he expecting that? I wasn't really sure. I think he was expecting at some point. He just wasn't sure how many times he had this conversation. Right. Because if Loki's time slipping independently of he who remains, right. Some things he may not know. I'm sure he knew the end goal of it. He just didn't know what was going to happen in the middle. So he wasn't sure where he was in the middle. And I'm sure like if you have all of time memorized, you're not exactly sure what moments what, like it's a lot to handle. Cause I think so he did ask him like, is this the first time we're having this conversation? I think he did ask him that. At yeah. One point and delete, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I recall at the end of season one in episode six, uh, he who remains says, Oh, and now we're here. I don't know anything that happens after this point. So it looks like there was a point at their conversation where he doesn't know what's going to happen afterwards. So he does say like he ran out of the script. He ran out of like what's going to happen. That's a lie. What do you mean? He, oh, you he think had he lied? to have known. He, I think he lied at that moment. Yeah. Oh, maybe you're right. That is true. He could be the unreliable narrator at that point. You're right. Yeah. And I think at that point yeah. too, to Jazz's point, I think he was actually... He was not talking to Loki and Sylvie. I think he was talking to Sylvie to kind of bait her into doing what she came there to do. Okay, fair. I believe that. Good point. Yeah, Good point. Because he's been baiting everybody the entire time. He is the master baiter here. So what's the <laughs> what's the, what's the line he says where he's like, you know, I paved the road for you, whatever he says. Like that's his favorite thing to say. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> well speaking of paving roads, uh, Loki realizes that he's the only one that could do this. He has to go and do this himself. So he goes into the moon and he does it. And then as he goes into the room, Sylvie and Mobius look at him and he goes, I have to do this. I could do this for us. I could do this for you. Right. And it's really interesting because one, he's looking at both Mobius and Sylvie. So I don't know who he's talking to at that point, maybe both, which I thought was pretty interesting because I low-key think he loves Sylvie as much as he loves Mobius. I think he loves them both equally. Um, I think he could... loves Syl- uh, Mobius as much as he loves Sylvie, actually. Say it the other way around. Yeah, Agreed. fair, Agreed. fair. Agreed. Um, yeah. I-, I feel like they could have been a great throuple. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but but the line that he says, he's like, I can do this. I could have done it for you. I could have done it for us, is the same line that he says to Odin at the end of Thor 1 before uh Odin goes no and he's like heartbroken that his dad said no and he lets go and he dies and like for that whole scene to come back full circle I thought that was just beautiful writing it was so good uh what are your thoughts about that the MCU's not in shambles whoever keeps saying that it's not in shambles we just had Guardians of the Galaxy uh the Marvels was fun and now Loki probably one of the best Disney Plus shows of all time like it's it's not jambled. They know what they're doing. They're they're very strategic with like what they want to spend money on. So I do think like you know they, they hurt some projects and like Secret Invasion. Like okay, if Secret Invasion was the only thing that came out, I'd be like yeah, the MCU is in shambles. It's just like just a trash series. But no, this this show is just really really incredible. Um, so Loki goes in, and you just see him transforming. He is completely transforming. And at one point, I thought he was turning back into a kid for a second. But no, he was just like getting this new costume 
and he was getting these horns and the horns were getting big and he just had this like stoic serious look on his face that you've never seen before and he just starts grabbing these timelines and bringing them back to life and just kind of just tugging at them and it almost looked like the scenes from spider-man where spider-man holds the webs from both sides and put them together it's a very like christ-like figure uh, which i thought was like a little bit of symbolism here and he's like walking he's got these loafers on you see his feet and like these uh paths kind of just like develop as he's walking too and then he walks all the way up into this crack and he disappears and as he's going up this crack uh he's bringing more and more timelines trying to save as many timelines as he can and then he finally has his throne which is really interesting because sylvie said to him you're still looking for a throne and he goes the last thing i want is a throne and the throne is literally the last thing he gets um amazing i i love that whole scene what are your thoughts guys uh, Adon, you want to go first? Yeah, so on the throne thing specifically, if you remember in Avengers 1, when what? he and uh, Iron Man are talking in the tower before he throws Iron Man oh, out, that, Iron Man says Iron to him, there's no throne, there's no version no of this where we don't no, uh, uh, come out on top. on top. And I thought that was yeah, interesting because that was the last time someone mentioned like a throne to Loki, and then here, he completely transforms into the God of Stories, and he does get his throne. I mean, the transformation sequence was... Freaking awesome. awesome! I love the way they did that. that and I thought it was very was telling very that, like, that when Loki like, is suited up before no, with his horns, horn, he's always kind no, of had that, that like mischievous smirk on his face, and he's like, oh, you know, clearly up to no good. Here, it was the complete opposite. All resolved, barely smiling at all, kind of, you know, just really in it. And the fact that he was grabbing the time branches and like enchanting them as he was walking along and grabbing more of them, and then they turned into the the like the tree of life, like the yes. Norse tree of life thing. That was like, I was like, wow, this is like way OP here. <laughs> like, I was not expecting them, them to go that far. That was awesome. When I saw the the visuals of that and like the, the screen turned around and, and you see the tree bloom and I was like, wow, this was worth it. This was amazing. Uh, Jazz, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really have nothing to add to that. Like, just go watch it. It was just phenomenal. Um, just everything that he never wanted you know, he really did not want this throne, right? This is such a burden to bear, and he just has to live there in infinity all alone. After going through, what, 11 episodes of doing all this, after centuries of learning things just to save his friends, he's still going to end up alone, and it's a choice he made? Poor oh, my man. God. No, and, and the, the interesting thing is, uh, he goes from wanting to be a king just so he can subjugate people to becoming a king to give people free will like it's 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 a full circle moment it's just poetic at that point he went from the god of mystery to the god of the multiverse yeah well he's, he's the god of stories is, is, the, is what they're calling him uh which i thought was really really cool um let's go into some more comments before we move on um MTF is like, but it's very disappointing that the amazing Jonathan Major's performance leaves such a bad aftertaste because of the stuff that happens in real life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he did a good job, but yeah, I totally I totally get what you mean by that. Uh, what's a multiverse? Multiverse, if not cosmic mischief. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, who else has comments? Uh, Ruzzy. Ruzzy's in the comments. Shout out to Ruzzy. He says, uh, the series starts with glorious purpose. And ends with glorious purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this. What is it? Yidris, the world tree? Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil, the world Yggdrasil. tree. Yeah. 
That's cool. what it is. Cool. Yep. Yeah. I didn't. I forgot. That's what it was called. All right. And so we go and we see the note that says after and what's happening after. So we kind of see that um, the branches are being all controlled. Miss Minutes comes back, uh, you know, Casey and everybody's all working together. And they mention, have we tracked any more Kangs? And he goes, yeah, there was one that was 616 adjacent, but they took care of it, which is off obviously a reference to Ant-Man Quantumania um, because the, uh, whatchamacallit, what was the universe they called it? It's the pocket universe. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it was basically still in realm. the uh, quantum universe. Yeah, so yeah. it's basically still in 616, but it's like 616 adjacent, which I thought was was pretty interesting. I was like, oh, that's a great way to put it. Um, and then you see like pictures of, of Scott Lang and everybody uh, on the files. I thought that was cool. What did you guys think about that little Easter egg? It was just so good. And it's cute how they tie in little things here and there. Like it almost makes me want to think that all of it was planned. And even though there are like a lot of changes along the way, but I'm so glad they go back. And even with all the changes, they like still pay attention to all these little details and still bring it in. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Adon, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I think it's amazing that, you know, one, I think Loki is probably the best character development out of any MCU character uh, at this point, given where he started and where he is now. And then two, while they've wow. been able to accomplish that, like like you said, Jazz, they've still managed to keep you know Easter eggs and little threads from other stories, uh, you know, what you know weave into this, and it makes sense. It's not forced. It seems like it's natural, and it just works. And it's interesting to me that you know Loki was like the villain in Avengers one. And then, you know, he's responsible for Avengers 2 with the Mind Stone, and then he's in Ragnarok, and then he's in Infinity War, giving the Test Rack to Thanos. And then, you know, we haven't really seen him since then until the show came up, and people were like, I don't know, from people I talked to, kind of like, well, I'm kind of tired of Loki, what's next for him? The best work for Loki is in the show, in my opinion. I mean, hands down, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I feel like no character is bad if they're written well. It doesn't matter. You won't get bored of a character as long as they're written well. And I think they did a great job at writing them. And I think Tom Hiddleston did an amazing job with, with his acting, right? Like really gets us engaged, gets us to root for the characters. Um, I thought that was really, really good. Um, all right. His mic went dead. Can you hear him? Sound check. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, you guys can hear me now. Jazz, you're still muted. Jazz, you're muted. Yeah, now you're really loud. Take a step back. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Uh, Yeah, sorry. I don't know what happened there. A little technical difficulty. But yes, um, Mobius is basically saying he's going to leave the TVA and he's going to go and become a uh, live in the 616 universe where his doppelganger is still there and he was there watching them. And he was like, nah, I'm just going to let time pass. Um, what are your thoughts about Mobius's decision? It's something I didn't see coming. What about you guys? I kind of did see it coming because like he never wanted to be that mobius right like he he knew that there's a version of him that exists after sylvie told him he just never checked right so for him to just be there for a bit just absorb it and then eventually go back that seems like a very mobius thing to do like he's gonna let his 
alter ego essentially live the life he's always destined to live and Moby's is like yeah I'm gonna just be here for a bit just enjoy what I could have had but I'm a variant and I'm I know where my place is I know what my glorious purpose is wait so you think he's going back to the TBA oh for sure oh I, I did that's not how I interpret it I thought he was just like going to live in 616 and just like live in a new life under a new pseudonym or, or a new name i don't know is that what you got a dome so kind of but so i look at it like you know when we first see mobius he's you know working in the tva trying to make a name for himself and then in this episode we kind of get the big uh you know cog about him and his hesitation in the past and why renslayer had to prune the person that he was supposed to so we kind of get this full circle about him but i kind of looked at it as like you know, when we first meet Mobius, he looks at Loki and he sees something that nobody else sees. And he kind of attached his whole existence and purpose to that. Now that Loki has ascended to this God of Stories thing, Mobius doesn't really have a purpose for himself. And so he needs to kind of discover it on his own. And I don't know if that's being in 616 for a minute to figure that out and then coming back to TVA, or he just stays there. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think if we don't get any more Mobius, I think it's, the, you know, chapters written, books closed. Well, I think that's what they said, right? The creator said they wrote this as a two-part book and they're just going to close the chapter on this. So like they're like, hey, the MCU might do some more with the TVA and Loki, but the creators of the show and the people who wrote it and the people who did all the work on it, they don't have any plans going forward. To them, this is practically a series finale and that's it. So we're not expected to get any more. That's so, interesting because I read... Yeah. Um... I read some stuff. I don't know if this is, you know, fact or fiction, but I did read that um, potentially in the Secret Wars film they're going to have um, totally Spider-Man and Hugh Jackman's Wolverine as like the two leads to recruit people to the TVA to fight a version of Kang. And I wonder if that is true. You know, is Mobius going to be in the mix? Or are they going to go with, you know, completely new characters there? I I do think that we may see uh, Loki in uh, Secret Wars, but I don't think we're going to see the TVA. Uh, we might. I could be wrong, but I don't. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just very glad that this series ended the way it did. I'm looking online, um, comic book movies saying Loki Headwriter confirms that Marvel has no plans for season three. So you know yep. what? If this is where it ends with the Loki show, great, because I don't think you can top this. I don't think you can top either. It's a great ending, and then we see. Um, OB come out with a second edition with the TVA guidebook and they don't give it to uh, He Who Remains or Victor Timely. So in this version, he doesn't get the book. And then we see Renslayer wake up and she's in the void. And apparently the void has, you know, the TVA slogan on the bottom. So basically there's part of the TVA or a version of the TVA in the void. And she sees somebody which is purple. It could be um, what is it, that cloud. What was the name of the cloud? Eliath. Eliath, that's what Eliath. it was. Yeah. yeah. So we may see that. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts about Renslayer? I think Renslayer is a character we might see again. I don't know about the rest of the TVA, but she will show up with Kang or team up with the Kang that we know. Uh, not the variant, but the one from Quantumania is, is what uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see. What about your thoughts? I wouldn't be surprised either. Um but I think they intentionally left everything open-ended just because they don't know what's going to happen with Jonathan Majors. So Disney's taking like a, a calculated risk here with how they're going to go forward. 
and I think I'm just going to wait now. So they left everything open-ended, which I think was great, to be honest. But, uh, you know, uh, what's going to happen in the future? Anyone's guess at this point. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, But Marvel has announced that they're taking a break from putting out a lot of content and they're slowing down a lot of their content and they push back the release day. So in 2024, only one movie will come out and that'll be Deadpool. So that's going to be very interesting. That seems so small of a lineup. Okay, all right. That's it. 2024 is just Deadpool and nothing else. There might be some TV shows, but other than that, it's just Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and MTF's in the comments saying it's either a Lyoth or a Kang ship. Yep, that makes sense. And then um, yeah. before we end out, there were a handful of comments that I starred throughout because like, I don't know if we could like talk about this in the moment, but let's go through them real quick. Uh, you can Brown star comments? I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, you can start comments. Come back to them later. So, Brown, my one is like, we need a three-episode spinoff of OB doing stuff. 100% agreed. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, our boy, Dirty Goat Smuggler. Can't get over his name. He said he was hoping Matt Damon would do another cameo for the finale. <laughs> he wanted to see the <laughs> next actor in the play. Yeah, that would be cool. That should have been the, the, the post credit scene for this. They should have had him come yeah. back and do, like, a rendition yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. What was that? It was... Um... Thor the Dark World where they did that or Thor Ragnarok I think Thor Ragnarok is when Matt Damon does the play right it was Ragnarok I think because they they had they left uh, he left Odin um, like you know as a homeless person yeah I think that was Ragnarok oh yeah that's right yeah yeah and then Deadpool and Miss Minutes to each other with Summer so maybe she'll come back in Deadpool ooh interesting I didn't know about that tweet oh wow interesting interesting Mm -hmm. damn that'd be really really cool actually and now I'm kind of excited (laughs) And then MG's like, I could see a Mobius as the Coulson of the Multiversal Avengers or OB. Oh, my God. That just reminded me. Um, when in Avengers first, Coulson goes to Loki and he goes, you'll lose because you lack conviction. And what is this? This entire show ends with him and his conviction to, to save all these people. Like, th- even that comes full circle. Wow, he's the best written character development. Like, there's just it's it's everywhere, and it's 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 just it's unbelievable. Damn, I I just I just recalled that that you lack conviction part. Damn, that's so crazy. Um, yeah. all right. And Darcy saying TVA makes sense in Deadpool three. Yeah, because Deadpool's making use of the of the time. <laughs> so yeah, that totally makes sense. And we couldn't leave an episode without a Quake comment. So, <laughs> so so Quake is going to be in uh. Deadpool. That's the new. That's the new thing. <laughs> I love it. Right. Only until she's not. <laughs> Only until she's not. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's all I have for today's episode. Hopefully, the sound was good. I've never used this microphone before, but uh, hopefully, everything came out pretty good. Um, my legs are tired from sitting this way on the floor. Um, but hopefully, um, you guys enjoy this episode. You guys enjoy this series. Then you know we'll, we'll come back with you with with more stuff. Uh, you know when more content comes out i think echo is going to come out we're going to do echo uh the x-men 97 episodes are going to come out and then i believe uh zombie uh which i'll call it marvel stuff is going to come out so that's going to be interesting so we'll be capturing all that stuff like uh what if season two i think yeah Yeah, i'm I'm gonna be honest with you i looked at all the what if season two titles none of them really interest me really i haven't (laughs) looked at them yet oh that's that's not a good omen. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. check that out. Yeah, I don't know. None of them really interest me, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, uh, Jazz, anything else before we go? That's all I got, man. 
We'll talk more about yeah. it at Salam Weekly. I'll have my thoughts okay. more organized. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And until next time, guys, Salam Nerds. Peace. See ya. Oh, my legs. Dude.